0: Hello, welcome to this episode of BPM Pod, Season 2. We're officially in now, although someone, me, who uploaded the last episode with Emma Elizabeth, forgot to put it as Season 2. So I need to go back and do that now. But anyway, we're in Season 2 with a a new jingle that isn't here yet. Chris, looking at you.
1: (laughs) I might have forgotten to do that. (laughs) How are you? I'm I'm fine. Currently uh, recording a new jingle for season two. <laughs> How are you, really? <laughs> Funny you should say. I that. am. Just interrupted me.
0: <laughs> In terms of Vinehart music, what's going on though, Chris?
1: Where's um, that at? Um, I we actually put a little break uh, in for like the album because I'm currently writing a new wrestling theme. Oi! Nice. Yeah, because there's like a uh, like Chris Opus um, is like collaborates now in a it's like a like a like a, a, a kind of union with four other fighters. And oh. they're like a like a whole like a like a, like a massive gang right now. And need, I think it's um, called a
0: stable, right? A Stable,
1: isn't it? I don't know.
0: Like a big gang of wrestlers who work together. I think it's called a stable. But anyway, a pack, can, a
1: pack, a gang, a murder, <laughs> like the
0: crows, a murder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: um, and they're called Lazarus Pit. So you know that there will be some biblical references in that those lyrics, oh, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, one of those guys like the actual like Kevin Lazar, that's real cool like Lazar Lazarus Pit. I uh, only got that like 2 days ago. <laughs> wow. <laughs> which, which I really like. Um he's like a like some kind of prophet and he gathers like his followers around him and they're like gonna f shit up, bro. <laughs> so so yeah, working working on that one. I uh, th- think it's going to be cool because I like one of I I did the song for Chris Opus. And there's uh, the other one of the other guys is called Ascola. Uh, I also did a song for him. That was a black metal guy. Uh, the third, what's his name? Like Big Nick. <laughs> Big and Nick. It's Kevin Lazar. And I actually already written a part where I combine all the previous themes with each other into a massive overarching thingy. So I like wow. my. Uh, I like to to, to yeah let like themes intertwine and like I, almost as uh, if, if in a movie, you know, where like mm. you do lo- stuff like that.
0: I love this though that you're doing this. I think it's so cool, like really, because you're just writing for like these different characters and with the different, like you say, theme in mind. It it must be super fun, actually.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really cool, and we're we're trying to actually like make a music video with them uh, this time. We uh, have some, maybe have like a a space where we can film something cool. And yeah, should be out. My deadline is, I think, at the end of July. So there's a little bit of time left, but um, it's going to be a cool project. Coming up on this
0: week's episode, not too much this time. We're going to talk about what we've been listening to while Chris strokes his cat on the camera. Oh, it's adorable, though. Um, We're going to talk about what we've been listening to. Then we have an interview with Vanda Essay who will talk to us a little bit later on, the Berlin-born but London-based singer-songwriter, pop singer. And uh, we reviewed her track tonight a few weeks ago, and now she's here to talk about what she's up to. Um, Then we'll go into a little bit on the pro versus amateur musician topic. We meant to take this the other week and run out of time, so we'll do it quickly today. Did we uh, just forget? I think we forgot. (laughs) Anyway, <laughs> I think we got too stuck into talking about Shadow of Colossus or something, and then we just forgot. Oh yeah, but, worth uh, it. It was worth it, exactly. <laughs> By the way, uh, we should do another computer game soundtrack, and I'm already going to put mine up offering now. And it is Tomb Raider: Shadow of Tomb Raider well, or Shadow of the Tomb Raider. I am digging the soundtrack to this game.
1: Hang so on, much. is that the second or the third one? It's of the, the third game?
0: one. The third one.
1: All right, yeah. I've, I have played that not too long ago. It's on offer on Steam.
0: Uh, Steam are sponsors for this week's episode, <laughs> whether they like it or not. Um, it's on offer on Steam. 13 euros for the definitive collection where you get all of the collectibles and outfits and guns and challenge tombs and lots of other things. Anyway, that's computer game. Nonsense. Um, Desert Island Discs, and then we'll end uh, after that. Um, what have we been listening to? Chris, what have you been... Uh, plug in your ears with in the last month we haven't spoken to each other
1: yeah okay check this out i went to a concert no way yes i got tickets for my birthday back in november and i got to see the almighty dream theater supported by devin fucking townsend which is incredible how was (laughs) it how was was it it was great but first of all it was a seated gig so that was weird again um in in berlin admirals which is a like a, a theater actually yeah, and yeah. i've been before to see the gigs there i actually saw opeth um once and stephen wilson another day so i knew what was what i was getting into but still it's like it gets so warm and mm. just like icky and ah, uh, i mean like progressive music isn't Something where you just do like Wall of Deaths all night long, but still it's weird to sit like in the upper uh, parts of the of the building and just like, <laughs> uh, yeah, touching each other's, others knees. Uh, mm, mm, yeah. Mm. But um, it was super cool. Like I, Devin Townsend, I I, I think I'll talk about Devin Townsend uh, in another episode um, because he deserves that time. So Dream Theater, I, I used to listen so much to dream theater and actually when i had to look up when i started listening to them which was back in 2004 i think when a friend of mine gave me um the octavarium album and i like back when we had our progressive metal band wrote not taken like we were listening to dream theater constantly and i stopped listening around the time Mike Portnoy left the band or got fired from the band. So the original drummer. Mm. Um, the first album without him was A Dramatic Turn of e- Events. I listened to that one. There's a great song on there called Bridges in the Sky. And after that, the self-titled came out and that's where I started to lose interest. Uh, then the awful, the double album thing, The Astonishing came out and that, that, that was like the last... Well, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't like that anymore. Okay. So, uh, but over the, like, over the, back then I've listened like every day, Dream Theater, every album, the old ones, the newer ones. Um, My favorite one would be Black Clouds and Silver Linings. And like the cool thing about Dream Theater is like their shows, they, of course they play the newer, newer material, but they always pick older songs and n- not like always like the fan favorites, but just stuff mm. they want to play. Mm. So the setlist was so cool and like they played song I would I would have never expected. A friend of mine that always uh, goes with me to concerts, he's like, he's really into looking up set lists before he goes. Like that improves his concert uh, experience. Mm, mm. I, I don't want that. Like I want to be surprised. Mm, and there mm. were f- f- uh, four songs where I was like, holy fuck, this is awesome. <laughs> I did not expect that. Mm, mm. Like they're just such a, Great choice of songs, like uh, Bridges in the Sky, they actually played that. And when they, like, I haven't listened to that song in 10 years. And when they started, like, all the lyrics came back to me. It was so cool. Um, Endless Sacrifice from the Train of Thoughts album, which is super cool. Uh, Ministry of Lost Souls, the, uh, not the last song, on the Systematic Chaos, the one before that, like an 18-minute song. Oh my god! And what? Which one was the last one? Oh, about to crash from the six degrees of inner turbulence. Um, suite. The six so, degrees so, of inner turbulence. That's a wonderful title there. Uh, that's that's actually. Oh, so you will like that. That's a double album, and the, like the the first CD is like regular songs, uh, regular Dream Theater songs. So five songs in fifty minutes. Yeah. But the second CD is like like a like a suite. It's actually one song. It, um. Hmm. and it it um it tells story about six people with different mental health issues so 6 oh. degrees of inner turbulence cool yeah it's really cool like really there's one with uh, ptsd uh, ptsd there's uh, a bipolar disorder uh, i don't know i think autism is there Wh- whatever so you should check that out um and the one they played was about to crash um so yeah so coming full circle after the concert, I started to listen to Dream Theater again in the car, and reignited my my love for the older stuff. Um, I like Mike Portnoy has been out of this band for so long now, but I still I never really liked what I what they put out except for like one or two tracks with Mike Mangini, uh, who seems to be a m- more technical, proficient drummer, like even more so than Mike Portnoy. But I think the songwriting suffered a bit without Mm. Mike. Uh, Mm. I think John Petrucci is doing everything on his own. What was really cool about the concert, like the encore was one song (laughs) and they did that back in, I don't know, 2015 or something when uh, Black Crowds and Silver Lining was released. Um, The Count of Tuscany. Uh, A 25-minute song. If there's like, for me, the pinnacle of modern prog metal and maybe some prog rock in there, you should definitely listen to The Count of Tuscany Red Dream Theater. Such a cool song. Hmm. Like, it has everything. Super, like, fucking freaking ass long guitar solo in there. It's heavy, it's calm, there's super atmospheric stuff, more like Pink floyd So I think you, 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 you would like that song.
0: I should check it out. Like, I, I just I, I know a few bits here and there of Dream Theater, but not too much. I just forever remember the kids in like uni and stuff would always wear their t-shirts and things. And I kind of just thought, I know is this going to be my thing, but I've always sort of stayed away, but I should check it out. I have a dream theater joke for you actually. And I don't know if this is funny. And I think only (laughs) dream theater fans are going to understand it. I, I don't understand it. So, okay. How many dream theater fans does it take to screw in a light bulb? two one to screw it in and the other to flip the switch from light to dark dark to light light to dark dark to light
1: oh man that is that yeah that is from a song but what the fuck is this joke this is like this is a lyric portion is it yeah i think so hang on which song is that i know because i that sounds familiar
0: (laughs) oh no here we go
1: are you now collecting
0: Dream Theater jokes? I am, just for you. Just for you. Mike is better than Mike.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Mike Cortner and Mike Mangini, that one's old. <laughs> okay, that's actually quite funny, though. <laughs> that is pretty good. Yeah, there's a variation of that. Uh, Mike fucking sucks. Mike's way better. <laughs> uh, Light to Dark is from, um, I think it's from Surrounded. It's from Sur- Yeah, Surrounded, which is a great song from the second album, Images and Words. Someone
0: has written this one. It's good. It's a Valentine's Day dream theatre rhyme. Okay. This Valentine's Day I want you to be mine so I wrote you a love song. It's in 7-8 time. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's actually good. Well done, Redditor. Daddy Fatska One. Speaking of Devin Townsend though, because you mentioned Devin Townsend, I have been listening to a lot of Devi recently because he Heavy really got Devi. me into him. Like, massively Um, and then I just sort of follow the rabbit hole of different things so there's the stuff I sort of checked out originally once you brought up Kingdom and then it went into like Deadhead and stuff like this which Deadhead I've loved at the minute and there's a wonderful acoustic version he does of it Um yeah. on, online and it really turns it from this like brooding heavy kind of grungy metal track into actually a really nice ballad that's really kind of sad and you're like oh okay, I feel a little depressed now,
2: Mm. but, um,
0: but, and so I've been listening to that a lot, but then someone was like, uh, on a comment somewhere, oh, you've got to check out this track, Genesis. Oh, that was Mm -hmm. weird. That was weird. Then I just went full weird territory. I was like, I'm sorry, what is this
1: now? Yeah, it's from the Empath album, the latest one. And there's a, there's a, he's
0: done a video of him in quarantine doing it, and he's blue screened (laughs) 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 everything. It's like dolphins. Oh, green screen, sorry. There's dolphins and crabs and beach balls and things. I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> like, really? So some I like, some I don't, I must admit. But uh, but going down the rabbit hole still.
1: Dude, like, he's so likable, right? We actually yeah. missed the f- first two songs of his set. Um, we, we were a bit late, and, like, they are super, like whenever there's a concert in, in Berlin in Admiral's Palace, they're like super on time because it's like in the center of the city and I, I guess they need to be quiet at 10 p.m. Mm. Like, dude, there was actually, the, the lineup change from Devon to Dream Theater took 15 minutes. Like, wow. And like on time. Like it uh, was a 20:30. boom, lights out next band. Bam, 22 point, pfft over wow no but Devin like he's so you cannot not like him he's no. so likable right he thanked multiple times the audience for being there he's so glad to be back on stage and he just farted like he just farted and was like <laughs> oh here I go again <laughs> and, and he's just
0: he just doesn't take himself seriously at all but in a good way yeah. like it's lovely
1: yeah 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 so super cool he played march of the poosers from the Ziltoy 2 album oh man So good.
0: I've went to a, I've been to a gig as well. Went to see the Drive-By Truckers Southern Blues Rock Music
1: <laughs>
0: in Copenhagen. And that was a very quick turnaround of lineup as well. About 10 minutes, maybe. Because um, the support act, uh, he records with the Drive-By Truckers. So they came on and played the last couple of his songs with him. And then they kind of just stayed on the stage and started their set. So that was really, really yeah. cool. I uh, liked that. But um, this really... Yeah, southern blues, Skinner-y kind of rock music. Uh, but they, they've got a new track out called uh, The Driver, which is worth checking out. And uh, very long sort of seven-minute song about him driving through the roads of the Deep South late at night when no one's around and just some of the weird shit you see, such as like the KKK being around, uh, five girls crashing a car into a tree and dying, lots of other weird shit that you'd sort of see on these late-night drives through the absolute middle of nowhere. Mm. Um, and it's just got this really dirty riff at the beginning which is a riff I've probably heard a hundred times before drop D just sort of open to second fret to third just it's very easy like to do but it, it just the way he's set up his uh, Les Paul to sound is just so filthy you're like oh this is great I think it's just yeah. probably with a, a blues driver and the tone is down quite a lot but it sounds really filthy um,
1: nice.
0: So I really like that.
1: You know Uh, what happens when you play the blues backwards? Go on. When we already have bad musician jokes? Go on. You're walking up the road, your girlfriend comes back and your dog lives again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What did did the dead blues singer say in his latest song? I don't know. Didn't wake up this morning. (laughs) That's a really old one. (laughs) That's a really old joke. Oh um, uh,
1: man, I, I love bad musician jokes. Um,
0: what else have we listened listening to? Wilco, they've got a new album out, Cruel Country, gonna go and see them next Monday in Copenhagen. Um, and I wasn't looking forward to it because I'm a bit like the friend you mentioned and I check out set lists. And um, it turns out they're playing all of the new album as basically the whole gig. And I was a bit like, oof, really? Um... And then I checked out the new album and now I'm really excited because it's excellent. So um, it's, it's definitely country music though. So if you're not into that sort of country soft rock, then you wouldn't like it, but I'm really enjoying their new album. I think it's the best one they've done since they had one called star Wars out in 2015. That was pretty good. But the one that a lot of people know before that is called Yankee hotel Foxtrot. And that was out 20 years ago now, I think. So, it's probably the best one they've done in about 20 years overall, the album. So, I'm really enjoying it and now can't wait for this gig, actually. Our next guest on the podcast is someone we reviewed a track from the other week on BPM Pod, and it was the track called Tonight by the Berlin-born but UK-based singer-songwriter Vanda Essay. We were blown away by the track, actually. Loved the way it sounded. Loved the vibe of it. Uh, Thought our vocals could be boosted a little bit, and that was about it. That was the feedback we gave. So, we decided, why don't we catch up with Vanda, see what she's up to, see how she received our criticism as well. We uh, don't know how she did that. So, we caught up with Vanda on a quick call to understand where she is today in the world and in her musical journey and what it is she's getting up to next as she learns more and more and more about music. Quick disclaimer there were some recording issues when we recorded this, in that my Roomba robot. Hoover thing decided to invade at the same time. So the mic quality is slightly up and down. However, it's still perfectly acceptable and understandable, just not up to normal standard. So apologies for that. Here's what happened when Chris and I caught up with Vanda Esso. Thank you for coming along
2: thank you for inviting me oh
0: <laughs> well, i mean you inv- kind of invited yourself i mean we sort of all got acquainted oh. because you 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 asked us to listen to a song and that's always a massively daring thing to do so um and, and luckily we liked it so that's
2: buzz. yeah i was <laughs> i was so it was a bit scared before i listened to it. i was like oh my god oh my god, oh my god. um yeah but um, yeah, um, my producer Yoni sends uh, his best wishes to, he was like, oh my God, that's kind of a nice review. That's okay. It's only the things that we, that we um, wanted to change as well that you wanted to change. So.
1: <laughs> like
0: Chris wanted to change.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm always the <a> bad guy. <laughs> but no, welcome, Vanda. And thank you for coming along. And um, really good to have you here. To, to start us off, just give us a quick introduction to who you are and uh, where you're from and where, where you're based now
2: um yeah, so I'm Van say I'm a singer um yeah mainly singer, also songwriter and composer from Berlin originally, and I now moved to London last year for my master's um, yeah, I um started this project, my solo project during the pandemic kind of before the pandemic than during the pandemic and um yeah um I'm gigging around um more in London now than in Berlin but I want to do more Berlin gigs in the future so um yeah that's what I'm doing I'm doing genre-wise um something between soul jazz and pop um I mean I think it goes like it goes under pop but um with influences from other um other areas and
0: yeah, <laughs> you're studying at Goldsmiths. What is it yes. you're studying there?
2: Um, it's the Masters of Popular Music. Mm-hmm. So I did um, I did my undergrad in uh, in Berlin at the University of the Arts in basically music, jazz, vocals, music education, kind of, um, and um, left after two years because um, they yeah accepted me here at Goldsmiths, and I was like, okay, I just do it now, now or never, and um, yeah. So I'm uh, happily vibing at Goldsmiths at the moment.
0: So your first proper single is tonight, right? And that's out now, which we talked about on the podcast a few weeks ago. Oh, have I got that wrong?
2: Um, so the first single ever that I put out I, as bander say is um, "Waste of Love," which came out in 2020. Um, but like tonight, I would say tonight is like more coming more towards the sound that I want to create. Mm-hmm. So I think it was kind of of course like a process from having a waste of love produced as kind of a live setting so it was like the band the band um played back <laughs> it's live um which is crazy because i don't know they they did it without click and it's it's amazingly tight <laughs> so i don't know how they did that um and then i did the vocals over um over the the track over the instrumental um and then I put out um no for now in 2021 was 21 no 20 2020 as well um during the pandemic we had like a project at uni um in Berlin where we um where we like wrote the songs and then produced them because it, it should it should have been like a songwriting seminar and then a concert but we couldn't do the concert because of covid and then um we changed it towards being um uh yeah being a um production thing and so that was like no know for now's kind of part of the comp- compilation album of the whole seminar um but yeah it's out there as well and um yeah tonight is the third one um but yeah you're right like it's a it's like i think the most um it like exp- it's like explains or shows the sound that i'm going towards to the most yeah be looking at the other side But it's something that makes me fall for you again, again Oh, something, something I can't stand What a waste of love, waste of love When we're in this state of hate and I hate it What a waste of love Ways of love When all I ask Is your eyes to see What a waste of love waste of love When we're in this state Of hate, I hate it What a waste of love What a waste of love When all I ask Is your eyes to see
1: Like every other person We speak to And especially ourselves Like everybody sucks At promotion, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> It's not. It's such a whole
2: job. Like you really have to. You really can study what it's like. What the best methods and the best. Yeah, and like you can. You can be
1: the like the fucking best singer on the planet. It doesn't matter as long as the promotion does not work. And it's so hard and like so so tedious to do. It's just not fun. At least for for us, it
2: isn't. Yeah. (laughs) The, the social media bit for me is kind of rewarding, of course, if you're like, oh, God, OK, I've got new followers or like it's kind of a interactive thing. But the whole, yeah, um, SEO planning thing and like trying to understand the Internet and why things are going to land on playlists or not. It's like it's so much work that I just don't have yeah. time to and didn't want to do. So. Mm. <laughs> um yeah and it's crazy like for example at my uni um, and there's so many um colleagues from mine like um, people who study there as well they are they are so talented and they have like so many productions on their laptops or even on spotify no one knows about them just because they don't do any promotion it's just like why why are you why you not why are you not famous (laughs) (laughs) like and
1: i like even if you like put money into like promotion for me it's always like i don't know i uh, i don't and i'm not yet really like sure at which point it becomes annoying to the consumer Mm -hmm. like i have friends and colleagues that constantly promote their stuff on ig or whatever and even as a friend after four to five ads i'm like i don't want to hear about your freaking single anymore i've listened yeah. to it i've liked you it i've shared it out. I, yeah, yeah right yeah. so I you think make it's freaking, music good on you yeah <laughs> wow so unique yeah it's, it's like nice. it's a real like a very sm- like a sh- a small threshold at which point yeah. do you become annoying to everybody yeah. and i've seen people unfollow me because i did this shit <laughs>
2: Mm. Same, same, always like that. I, I unfollowed. When you're in promotion, yeah, thanks, Mom. I just unfollowed Chris
0: as well. So did his camera. <laughs> <and> everyone. <Yeah. laughs> no, I'm kidding, of course. but and, and then it is tough, even the sort of small bits of uploading tracks and making sure all of the information is correct before it gets distributed and stuff. I find that mega stressful because you want to sort of triple check it every time because making an edit after it's sort of been distributed everywhere is um, almost impossible. Yeah, so
2: kind
0: of open yeah yeah, it's pretty tough stuff but mm. there we go um in terms of writing and recording process, then can you talk us through that a little bit? how do you come about with the so for tonight for example i I assume this is a sort of imagined story of sorts um yeah. but how what what do you sort of what kicks you off to start the writing process
2: um, most so for tonight, for example, it was kind of a um it was like based on a real situation, but the whole story is like built around it. So the the story isn't like biography, it's like not in my biography, Um, but like the the, um, kind of party setting and not being sure whom to talk to and what to do and kind of wanting things, but then being too shy. So this kind of things happened to me a lot. (laughs) So (laughs) that was the kind of um, basis around that. And then... um, the song i created the song kind of really shortly before my first concert with my band in berlin back in 2021 yeah it was 2021 so it was like early 2021 where we like um we played for it was june it was june it was the Fête de la musique in berlin um nice. where we got like a um kind of a live stream gig mm. at alex berlin at the um tv station all right and um we um, we had to like extend our set a bit because I did I'm so slow at songwriting so we had four songs one of them being a f- song that my friend wrote so it was like I was yearning for more songs and then I just okay we have to have a fifth song because otherwise it's just like 15 minute set which is like boring and then um two weeks before it I was I came up with a draft of tonight I was like okay can we try and jam this and then figure out how we're gonna like put this on stage and um, my band was like oh my god we can't because the song wasn't finished and I was like oh god how is this going to work we're like the gig is in two weeks (laughs) and then um in the end it like um was going to be our favorite song on the set because it was um the the first one that really like felt like a Ruby pop song, kind of the mm. others were more like dramatic ballads. <laughs> and um so so it it went well, but the the writing process was very fast. And I think the that's why that's also why the lyrics are kind of genetic, but also in the end, like fit to the vibe of the song. So mm. because the chorus is so the lyrics are so easy and so like kind of like direct. Um, mm. but I think it it fits the message. So in the end it like it all came together. And but at that point I was like, okay, just wanna, I just wanna write something that is like entertaining and that everyone can relate to and like dance to and not has to think about. Because also with the pandemic going on, I was like, okay, what's what's the worth of entertainment at this point? Because of course, like the entertainment industry was the first one to be shut down and the cultural everything cultural was like, um, closed. And I was like, okay, why isn't this important to people, especially mm. like mm. mental health wise, why isn't partying like important to us? Because um, we missed it all so much and we missed like being with friends. And, um, so I thought like, okay, let's try and do like write a statement, also like just write a song very quickly. And then also write a statement to being okay. Um, let, let's like rise the rise um like rise a bit of awareness to towards um what well actually why why we love partying and why it isn't like it is not a shame to say it's like important for me or it's like a thing that I like to do and that lifts me up so um that's kind of the thing why I what I thought while writing it um and yeah so <laughs> um we we played it once at that gig and then we're like okay this is Kind of working for us. We like people. People like it. People have it in their in their heads afterwards. And um, then a few months later, right before I left, Yoni was like, "Okay, we have to record this. Like, don't don't let it like die in your cupboard." Um, I don't know how. The, <laughs> from the British expression <laughs> for I that, is. let things <laughs> die in your cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> don't let it dust in. Um, yeah, and then um, we did a quick. Um yeah um and recording process was being like the the so the band everyone from the band is on there we um we added um uh, a bit of um programmed drums on it to have like mm-hmm. a more disco feel, and um uni des, uni did everything uni programmed the drums produced it, played bass, played the synth. <laughs> like everything so this song is like it's it's his as well um definitely and yeah um i'm so grateful that the band was so spontaneous being like okay let's do this um as a last like group project before i go so yeah it's great (laughs) excellent
0: in terms in terms of getting out and playing live though again you've got some gigs coming up right And, and a lot of them seem to be at this place that has sort of intrigued me. The Amersham Arms.
2: Oh, it was just one. <laughs> but I just oh, it's did still... so much of promo for that. <laughs>
0: oh, Jesus. Now now we're talking about seeing making each other sick with promo. <laughs> but, uh, but tell us about the Amersham Arms. It seems like, a, I, I love a good pub. It seems like a good place.
2: Yeah, it is very, it's, it's a good place. So we had the gig there last Thursday, a few days ago. Um, And it was, um, it was the, the, yeah, biggest so far um i um set up a band of 12 people um for my graduation so and we this was the first time we were 10 people on stage uh 11 sorry 11 people um and it was like we we're trying to test the material and the arrangements for so many people like as good as we can before i graduate so that we don't fuck it up <laughs> um yeah um what do I want to say? Yeah, Amisham Arms was um the, the sound is really great and the pub is um is quite big. So you have like a um entrance area, then you have the stage in the back and um out like outside uh, terrace and things. So it's like it's very nice and um it's around my uni, so it was for us it was like quite quite good to um to go by. So yeah.
0: <clears throat> oh wow, nice. Should we talk nerdy gear for a second?
2: Nerdy gear, yes, please. <laughs>
1: oh should i take over you're taking the name of course okay uh the usual question we ask our guests is like if you had to decide like if you could only take one piece of gear with you which one would that be and like it doesn't matter if like a cable is most important to you then that's that or if it's like a special guitar or a microphone just something that has like emotional value to you or has some memory attached to it
2: like to live gig or just whatever just (laughs) um hmm. i'm not yet the nerdiest about uh live gears especially i mean gear software wise logic probably um just for me to be being able to like put some demos out there (laughs) um but i think um i'm just in the i'm just in the process of changing mics i have the oh my god um i have this uh neumann mic which is nice. it's it's a live mic but it's also okay for studio recordings but the thing is it it is not 100% the one and not 100% the other so i'm trying i'm like mm. thinking about changing it because um for life purposes, it's too sensitive.
1: Mm-hmm. Is
2: it? So um, I might have the the explosive sounds the whole time, um, and for studio, it's not the best. So it's like Not sensitive yeah. enough. It was a good, it was a really good decision as a first thing to like being able to record and being able to sing properly? Um, <laughs> but um, other than that, I try. Ch- I change. So I have this at home, but every time I geek here, I use the um, the mics that they have at the venues, because, um, I know that they work with a PA system because this one is sometimes too feedbacky for, for the loud PA systems and, um, right. too sensitive for like such a large band. Yeah. So I would, I would, I, yeah. If I, if I keep it, I would use it for like piano and me or like, um, kind of like, um, lower volume setting. Um, it has a very, very brilliant, clear sound. That's why I like it, and that's why I bought it. But in the end, I will change to maybe a wireless one. And um, yeah, what I want to. So in the future, I think my my go to gear would be in ear monitoring, and um, oh, especially yeah. <laughs> with such large with these people on stage, I just need in ear monitoring. <laughs> yeah, because you've got a lot of folks up there, right? I mean, yeah, it's kind of, and they like to be loud. But <laughs> I always try and be like oh let we should we like um do like a bridge which is like a bit lower in volume and, blah, blah, blah. and
0: they were
2: like no <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> This rocks <warps. laughs> was like okay
1: <laughs> You want to make us quiet? we are. I don't remember who who said it but there is like like if you if you're a singer and and I speak from experience like when you using in ear monitoring for the first time it's like suddenly having a flashlight in a dark room where you couldn't see anything before it's just like a whole world of like pitch opens up to you it's yeah. so weird and so good and you you will never want to go back so yeah <laughs> yeah it's also
2: it's also a health thing i think like with when i'm doing this more often and more often it just it like would be a good thing to just have like bit of protection for my ears. And um, yeah, and as well, like hearing myself and um, because now I'm always like, what I'm always doing is in the soundtrack of like, can I have more me on my monitor? More me, more me because I can't hear myself. And then like the stage volume just rises. um, You must have like horn
1: players on stage, right?
2: yeah with with a horn section and the strings yeah, I mean the strings like, are okay, they are not that loud, but um oh, but the
1: horns Christ. like the horns with the cymbals combined like that shit eats away yeah. your like little hairs inside your ear, yeah I'm and also speaking is, from experience
2: <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, it's like um I think the um yeah, I mean that the whole volume is a problem when, you, when you're when you on like stages, especially when they're not huge. I mean, amateur Arms was big enough for us, but just big enough for us. Like it was like, I, I think the, I had like 20 centimetres and two my drum player behind me. Oh. And that's like, and he is wearing in, in ears, like luckily for him. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, I think that um, will be a good thing. The next investment will be in ear monitoring. <laughs> if you have any recommendations on in your monitoring, oh, chris do you
1: <laughs> the thing is like in monitoring is so freaking expensive so quick like yeah. you can either buy the low budget stuff for somewhere between 100 and 250 then there's nothing <laughs> and then yeah. there's sennheiser insure <laughs> for a there's, thousand, no
0: there's no like, mid-range no mid-range at all
1: not at all we uh went out and bought like a because our drummer is using uh, like a wired in-ear because he doesn't have to move. Yeah. But for my guitar player and me, we were like, okay, we need something wireless. And there was yeah. like a, a B-stock of a like a whole package with two two systems oh, at yeah. once. And you could yeah. like uh, save some money. Like the, the actual system, like the receiver and the, the sending unit, they're like, I think low budget, 200 each. But we yeah. n- did never have any issues with them. Like the... Um, where the low price comes from is that the frequency like there's a set um, number of frequencies that you can only use you cannot move freely within frequencies yeah so if another band is using the same frequencies you're basically like
2: Fuck. oh i heard about that yeah yeah, yeah yeah
1: yeah but we never had that issue before the only issue with those low budget things is like the um the headphones you get in the package because they're Highly basically bad. just yeah. like mm-hmm. 10 buck pieces of crap mm-hmm. so we bought the <laughs> Uh, is it like the sure ones, just the like mm-hmm. the clear ones? I think a hundred bucks and no issues at all. Like, we've played a couple of shows, oh, that's, that's, kind big of, stages. that's kind
2: of okay money wise.
1: Yeah, I like, think yeah. in total, like for two systems and uh two pairs of headphones, we came out about 500, like six, was, maybe five fine. to 600, yeah. so 300 each, which is totally yeah. fine. And Absolutely. uh, we should have done that a lot earlier
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it i think it wasn't I as think expensive it, as
1: i thought you were gonna say i've gotta be <laughs> honest dude if i could like i would buy the sennheiser stuff for a thousand but I, to be honest you don't need that until you're playing like huge festival yeah. shows where you need a lot of range mm. because those small centers uh, sending units and receivers they don't have like the best range and you maybe you need to be like in a viewing distance but for the stages most of us play that's like. Totally fine. So,
2: mm. yeah, cool. Thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, that was what I, I was thinking about. Like, it, we'll probably like um spend money on the on the piece in your ear, and then the rest is like kind of just the technical part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, hmm. cool. Well, there we go. I heard you... about like it being when you wear it the first time being like kind of being shut off from the audience. um So you just yeah, but... get used to the sound, but. Um, honestly I, the things that you get for it
1: <laughs> i think i i mean yeah, sure but it's I not mean, like, you can also
2: like block off one of
1: the um yeah it's so quick to just pull it out and I, I don't i think that's like i've heard that uh like complaint before and i think it's hugely exaggerated by i don't know some people just don't like like having this uh, shut off feeling at all yeah. But mm-hmm. like, if the the payoff is to not lose your hearing with forty, then yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: you don't lose your hearing, and you can hear everyone else in your band. I mean, one well, of the yeah the yeah, benefits surely do. outweigh the negatives here. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Vanda, what's coming up in terms of new stuff or next steps for oh. you? Then what's on your <laughs> radar?
2: Um, on my radar, um, so we have a gig at the Cavendish Arms on the fourteenth of July. Um, Le 14 Julier (laughs) Um, which is quite interesting because um, hopefully we will present the whole set um, of my like songs that we will present at the graduation first festival as well um, at the Albany so um, yeah and I'm kind of I'm really working towards um, playing as many gigs with Um he's gone.
1: Um, (laughs) His camera just crashed.
0: Don't (laughs) Don't mind me. me. German German, German message. (laughs) Back
2: again.
0: Camera is dead. Basically.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so the whole thing with digging around London now London now is just trying to get as much experience as a group for being able to put the best show at the Albany in September, which is on the second of September. It's a public show, so everyone come, please. Um, <laughs> um, so I share the stage on that date with two other performers from my course, and um, yeah, it will be a whole blast, hopefully. Um, and yeah, so that's that's the live side, and then on the other side, I'm um, I'm in the planning process of the EP because, of course, like I want to record the songs that I wrote in the last months um, and um, use the opportunities that I have at, at Girls um to get more into producing and um yeah so i'm looking forward to that and then after september we'll see what comes next <laughs> i have plans. some plans so i don't want to spill too much of the tea because like yeah, it will yeah. change <laughs> no, <laughs> Two weeks
0: You've got plenty of plans already i mean that's that's good going
2: yeah you have to plan ahead
0: <laughs> that's great Well, thank you very much for this. And just before you you. do go, a quick self plug for yourself. Where can people find out more about your music? Where's the best place for people to catch up?
2: Um, I think the best starting point is always Instagram for me, because I think it's my main platform at this point. so um at vanda.sa um you can find me. Um I am quite active at the moment. Um and music wise, of course, when you type in WandaSA at Spotify. Um it's also in my bio, but like if you want to go directly to the music that I've got up there, it's um on Spotify.
0: So you have, you have the advantage of having a pretty sort of you well, you can't be pretty unique. You either are unique or you're not, but you have yeah. a pretty sort of easily identifiable. Name. So if you just type your name in, it's not like it's coming up with, you know, random Indian businesses or anything like that.
2: <laughs> yeah, and that's why I changed it to Vanda Essay, just because I think there's an Austrian, I think they are Austrian, the band named Vanda. It's with a W, mm. but if you say it, it's like, it's uh-huh. the same. So I'm spelled with a V, luckily. Thanks, mum.
0: Vanda <laughs> Pop Band, an Austrian indie pop band from 2012. Oh, yeah. Well, you only have one option and that's to uh, murder them.
2: <laughs> or to like have a collaboration. Hello.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean that too. I just went straight for the <laughs>
2: Yes.
0: <laughs> there we go. Vander, thank you very much for this, though.
2: Thank you. Uh, thank you. It was fun. Makes me
0: So, the other week, we were supposed to talk about a topic. And I even put it in the intro. And then you may have realised, some listeners who were on here, may have realised that topic never came up. And that is because we got so embedded in talking about Shadow of the Colossus, which isn't going to distract us again now. um,
1: But it's so good though, right? It is
0: so good though. (laughs) And I can't find the vinyl with the soundtrack anywhere. And like it, it, apparently, was a limited run, and now it's like costs like eight hundred euros for a copy or something. And Jesus, it's just ridiculous. So anyway, um, we got talking about that. And we forgot to talk about something we said we would, but we're only going to go briefly into it. And that is, how do we define ourselves as musicians? Are we pros? Are we amateurs? And what makes a difference? Because I got reading an article a few weeks back where. Basically, it was trying to argue that there is space for both. And in music, there's always space for whether you consider yourself a pro or not. Um, And one shouldn't necessarily shit on the other. But I was a bit then when I exited the sort of reading phase, I was kind of like, well, where would I even place a lot of people I know on this? Do we even need to bother? Like, Mm. are we just all musicians? I don't know. So I wanted to talk to you about that. Because you said this is something you've struggled even with yourself to realize, like, am I a pro? Am I sort of an amateur? Like, am I a hobbyist? Like, what am I in this? And does it
1: ultimately matter? I don't know. Okay, so I I remember when I started out that I always hated when my friends who I've played with in bands were like, I'm a musician. I was like, the fuck you are? You play the guitar. You... (laughs) <laughs> play five chords and you sing as uh, some weird melody over it that's for, that's not a musician for me it took me quite some time to define myself as a musician not even a pro or, or an amateur whatever just just a musician because like that's the same i have a canon mirror uh, mirror camera what's the what's the right word uh, spiegelreflex the, the english um
0: i love the but camera you know, has a It was a a mirror in it. It was a sort of cool lens or whatever, yeah.
1: And I'm not a photographer. You know what I mean? I Mm. I always... Hang on, I want that word. Spiegel
0: (laughs) reflex. It's got to be mirror something, right? Mirror lens or something. Reflex camera? Reflex camera. I I don't even know what this is. Now we're going into another area of podcasts. Oh, it's an
1: SLR. You mean an SLR. DSLR. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it man i'm a single lens reflex camera yes exactly and just because i own something it doesn't make me like the thing you know
0: mm, i have a penis but i'm not a porn star
1: <laughs> 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 now that we know of. um <laughs> So, so I I always struggled with this one, and I um for me it was like it took me a couple of years to to play in bands, to gig around, and to to consider myself a musician. Of course, like everybody's different. If someone feels like a musician when he plays a G chord, that's fine. But uh, to me, that's not like being that's not, a musician is a profession to me, right? And the whole thing with amateurs and um, like pros, I think this the line has from a technical standpoint maybe at mm. some point back in time there was like if you have a cert like if you're so good that you can actually make money with it you can be considered a pro mm. but now everybody with a dumb idea on youtube can become like super rich and make money with music so i don't think that whole system doesn't apply any longer uh so i i don't know now still like they're so they're like they're so many paid musicians like who make millions of bucks and they can't play an instrument. So mm. are they a pro musician? I don't know. Um,
0: It's hard, right? Because I agree with you actually, like I think to even call yourself a musician, which I, I don't now I used to, because I used to actually be more active and release stuff and record and look for new opportunities and study and have some sort of work ethic around it. And now I don't at the minute. Um, I would like to again, But right now I'm just a piano player or a guitar Mm. player because that is all I am. And occasionally I sing like, that's it. And there's nothing wrong with that either. Like if that's what you are and what you do and what you've got time for, call yourself that by all means. Like, but I do get what you mean. I think a musician is a bit like me saying I'm a communicator or I'm an engineer or whatever, you know, It, it, it is your, your the main bulk of your time is spent on this thing that is your craft yeah. Um, and that's not where I am. So, and that that's fine. Um, and you might dip in and out of it. And uh, like you do any other craft or profession. So, and that's okay. I think where it gets blurry is where you're saying now, which is what really makes you a pro versus an amateur. Now it's hard to say anymore because I mean, where I used to hear mainly people shitting on people was the open mics actually. And you get some of the pros turn up some of the actual musicians and in inverted commas, who work on this all day, and they would get really annoyed that I turn up, I've got a job, but I play a bit of music on the side, kind of, and I steal a bit of their slot. And And they would always get a bit funny about that, a bit arsey about it. Um, And in situations like that, I kind of don't get it, because I'm like, well, we're all here to have fun, right? Like, it's just an open thing. No one's paying anything. Like, it's kind of a practice room. So then I never really understood but where I really gets blurry between the amateur and professional thing for me is exactly what you just said in the production side of the things, and also you can jump in between being an amateur or sort of at home recording musician with, you know, decent level of talent but maybe not the best recording setup ever or whatever, and because of the nature of YouTube, TikTok, and other social media, you can take off instantly, and then that massively blurs the line. Okay, but you're just a oh, bedroom producer and now you're selling th- like what so you just jump straight from amateur to pro like I don't really so yeah. I think that's becoming less and less clear
1: I think when I when I think about like the, the musicians that I work with there are maybe one or two let's say, let's go with five where I'm like I know they're proficient like <laughs> In the Mm. sense of the word, they're proficient at their instrument. Like they can can adapt so quickly to whatever you throw at them. Mm. Mm. They have played countless shows Mm. and not just in bars around Mm. Mm. my hometown, but in various countries, maybe even just in Germany, but not just Berlin, but all Mm. the big cities and stuff. And they have actually released stuff Mm, mm. and not only by themselves but have been playing on other people's albums Mm. i think that that's what i would consider to to be someone someone being a pro musician Mm, mm. and all those things come with a certain level of technicality because otherwise they would have wouldn't have had those gigs or sessions or exactly so someone I think I think earning money with music does not account for someone being pro any longer because no. like you said, you can just do it. How many like spoof musicians are there on YouTube? Like Jared Dines, but he's a good guitar player. He's like a really talented guy. Mm. But mm. the large amount of money that he made in, in the beginning was because he did funny videos with the guitar. Mm. So I wouldn't, back then I wouldn't have called him a pure pro musician, but rather an entertainer. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I think if I had to, like, if someone pulled a gun on me and was a pro musician, that I would would be those three, like, aspects. Mm, mm. A lot of shows, very good at their instrument, like, better than...
0: Mm, better than the average. Than by the, a long way. Like
1: a, like, by a long way, right? Yeah. Um, proficient in, in, a, in various styles, not just mm. metal. Well, nah, but, and yeah, like, releases, actual releases. Mm,
2: mm. So No, and I agree then, with you. It,
1: you can like, I think, still dif- differentiate. I because I produce my stuff by myself. I wouldn't call myself a pro uh, producer, but I played guitars for uh, for other people and traveled and toured. Mm. So I might call myself a maybe a semi pro guitar player, mm. but I wouldn't call myself. Oh, no, a you're pro a pro,
0: pro guitar player. Now that's where I disagree. I would say you're easily in the pro category. That no, easily, yeah, for sure. Um. What I'm actually thinking now, maybe the problem isn't really with the level, but more with the term musician, because it's just so all-encompassing. <laughs> like, yeah, to say you're a pro musician, well, what does that even mean anyway? Like, because does that mean you have some sort of level of theory aptitude, or production, or practical, or what?
1: Yeah, like like Elvis said back then, I didn't, I don't need to read a sheet music. I can't read sheet music because in my line of work, you don't need that. <laughs> Well, she's fair enough though, right? Like, yeah.
0: And it's like, I was even talking to my wife the other day. Uh, her um, nephew is, uh, sorry, niece is learning to play the piano. And she was reading sheet music like as she was doing it. She's only like eight years old and she's only been learning for a few months. And her proficiency is incredible. Actually, she's yeah. really re- learning it. And my wife was like, oh, but you can read it, can't you? I was like, well, I can, but it's a bit like reading an ancient language. Like it takes me ages to get into it mm. now. Like I'm so out of practice. And she was like, but you read it now, don't you? And I was like, well, no, cause I don't need to like you, you don't, but does that make me any less proficient at playing the piano? Not really. It's just, you kind of master the skills you need at the time, I guess. So if I needed to, I mean, a few weeks ago, months ago now, I played something for Moves, Moves Johnson that we've had on here before. Yeah. And that was all on sheet music. And it was like a proper orchestral setup with lots of pages and notation. And so then, you know, I just practiced and got back into it again. and You know, could read it again, but it took me a little longer than than it should. So part of me wonders, maybe the problem is sort of musician. It has so many threads to it now. like Like you say, there's so many even musicians who don't even play an instrument. So it's not even like, being instrumentally proficient qualifies you as a musician anymore it's yeah. um maybe that's the term that's the problem rather than anything else but how would you define yourself chris you're a pro guitar player for sure
1: well thank you i don't know my like in general i think i'd consider like if i if i if i'm not like um if I'm blurring the lines between all the stuff I'm doing, I, I might consider myself a semi-pro, I think. I,
0: th- I think I'm more than a semi-pro, but still. think? Yeah, I think so. I think you're being too harsh on yourself.
1: I mean, I'm proficient enough to teach people how to play guitar. Yeah, I was
0: going to say, you also teach people. So, uh,
1: yeah. But I've, in, I've, I've been teaching people for five years now, I think, or six years. I don't know. And for the first time, like the parents of one of my students actually want me to teach sheet music like to how to read Uh music yeah yeah and because i never like (laughs) if if i'm using sheet music like it's on guitar pro when i'm doing the tabs and it displays the notes automatically and i was like oh dang i didn't like read notes for guitar in a long time (laughs) so that was really weird to get back into yeah
0: i I mean until moves gave me this thing I mean I've read a few bits and pieces when I'm trying to play Billy Joel covers or something, but other yeah. than that, I haven't really read sheet music for probably fifteen years at least, so I still had to remind myself the basics of oh okay, treble clef so uh f is in the space so it spells f a c e that is as it is in yeah. the space <laughs> oh okay. And then I had to remind myself, bass clef, okay, like all of this. Like, it was really like, oh my God, this is what I did when I was like six years old. Like, this is pretty weird. But there we go. I
1: mean, especially for guitar, I, you don't need to learn uh-huh. how to read sheet music. I mean, taps have been around for... Because well, it's all based on patterns.
0: So you don't really yeah. need
1: to. I always find, like taps have always been for me like more logical. Yeah. On how to read them. But I, I love to see classical trained musicians looking at tabs like what the fuck does this what's what does any of this mean I was how can you not understand how this works mm. It's literally just a number on a fret. Man. There's nothing. <laughs> Man,
0: when I first started playing guitar when I was about eighteen, and until then I was classically trained pianist, right? So when I first saw a tab, I was like, what code is this? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what is all this code for? Like, I don't really get it. And then <laughs> I remember someone was like, yeah, but it just means the fret. And I was like, what's a fret? Okay, so we start there. Okay, no, we're going to start yeah. real basic now. But uh, oh, that was a long time ago. No, I'm sorry. I had that moment. I'm one of these people who was like, how do I read this? And then I'd have reactions of, how hard is it? It's like paint by numbers. Like, come on. Like, what are you, what are you doing?
1: Yeah, but, but uh, I th- you must have adapted like
0: quickly. Yeah, right? it didn't take long. And um, because I already played the piano, I visualized the neck as the scale anyway. So it was pretty easy yeah. to be like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. F, F sharp, G, blah, let's say you just know where the notes are on the neck. And that made me almost instantly quicker at stuff because I just knew where to place my fingers and be like, yeah. oh, okay, if I place it here, that's going to be a D. Place it there, it's a B flat or an A sharp. Like, you know, so that made me kind of kind of quicker, I guess. but.
1: I actually like to, to uh, like like going back to like music theory because I'm not only teaching her to how to read uh, sheet music, but uh, like the theory behind it, like intervals and uh, what's the third, what's the sixth, what's and, mm. and how to like how to build chords, how to build a mm. major seven, the minor seven, and I really like like that stuff. It, 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 I like it too, and
0: and like I got into discussions about like the dominant note, the subdominant, the tonic, and all this stuff. And we yeah. were like, well, why is it called that? And I'm like because it is <laughs> like, I don't yeah. know, like just is that's a fifth. That's a dominant like stuff like that. Some like a monk must've named it. And that's a triad. What's a triad with well, three notes. Okay. Easy. There we go. Like this is really easy stuff. What makes it major and minor? Well, major sounds happy. Minor sounds sad. There we go. Next move on. Like And then what about pentatonic? What's a pentatonic? It's just like, Oh my God, all of this stuff that I just don't think about anymore. Like yeah. that I know have to explain to someone.
1: But it's actually, I, 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 I it's think cool, it's though. not that complicated. Like the basic, no, the basics of music theory are not that. I think like many music teachers in school just suck at their job and make yeah. it so boring. And it's actually not that, because my my student, she was like, oh, I don't know, my mom wants me to learn, and I never understood it in school. I was like, chill the f out. I'm gonna teach you how to do this. And she was yeah. like, oh yeah, that's so easy. It's, it's not complicated.
0: <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, it, it gets a bit more complicated once you yeah, get of into course. dynamics and, uh, but then stuff like that, it's not that complicated. I remember you'd get questions like around sharps and flats and I'm like, well, they can be the same thing. It just depends what key we're in as yeah. to whether we call yeah. it a sharp or a flat, but a B flat is an A sharp. Like, yeah. and, and I remember telling someone this once and you could see their mind go like, yeah. like, what? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but, if we're in the key of F, that's a B flat, but uh, because it is. But if we're in the scale of whatever, it's a sharp. Like, and you can just see people's like go like, why is this so complicated? And I'm like, yeah, but it isn't. That like, ultimately you're only gonna have five black notes, like marks, which yeah. will be notated by something. Like, don't worry too much at this point about whether that's considered a sharp or a flat or whatever. Like, just yeah, know yeah. that's the black note. Like, okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> like and then you could just see people like I think I think you're right. I think somehow people overcomplicate it a little, Um, and I think music teachers in school kind of just suck, like mm-hmm. mine did at least. They were shit. So yeah, I like the theory stuff. It's like playing with Lego, building blocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, pro musician Chris Desert Island. What are we taking with us to Desert Island? Should I start?
1: Do you start? Oh, can start? I, I'll
0: go because I already mentioned the song and uh, it's something I'm going to put on there because I want to thank you for it as well. Oh. And that is, uh, it's Devi, Deadhead. I love this song. I am really digging this song, actually.
1: Nice. So it's going to be our progressive metal day because I'm adding The, the Count of Tuscany by Dream Theater.
0: Ah, the one you talked about earlier. I'm
1: gonna check The first 25-minute song on our list. It <laughs> oh, it's, ni- it's 19 minutes and 17 oh, seconds.
0: 19, is that all? <laughs> Could have stretched <laughs> it That's out. Should we do a Devi episode next? Oh, yeah. Gladly. Should we, just, should we just do that? And in fact, you can lead most of it and teach me a bit about him as well, because I'm still very much a beginner in the this.
1: The teachings of the Devi do so. Yeah, let's do have a you listened to Have you listened to Casualties of Cool? Nope. Do that. Do That's that. your homework. That's uh, yeah. his um, Space Country uh, album he did with a wonderful singer. I forgot her name. Really cool. Especially Daddy is a good one. And uh, let's see how they are. He, uh, he crowdfunded that one. Shay... Aim oh god! I'm gonna butcher her name. Shay Amy Dorville? I don't, don't know. even know what that is. Like he was like, I want to do some country stuff, but uh, do it with all the reverb. And he bought himself a telly and all the reverb, and then he did country music called wow. Casualties of Cool. Like that's it. The, the name of the album as well as I think it's the name of the band, quote unquote,
0: Casualties of Cool. Okay, yeah. check it out. So that's what we're doing. Let's do a Devi episode next. Why yeah. not? You can teach me a bit about him, his stuff, um, and we'll talk about that. And uh, Gear, we can talk about a lot with him as well. And just, well, let's oh, do that. Oh, yeah.
1: Let's
0: do a Devi focus episode. Nice. All right, He should be our guest. <laughs> he should. He never will be. But uh, but actually, I, I, I think he'd be open to it. He's appeared on some really bizarre sort of YouTube channels and podcasts and stuff like that where you'd never expect him to be. But as you say, he just seems to be quite a nice bloke. So should we, we should. like,
1: let's do the, do the episode first and get it, like, super on point, right? Yeah. And, like, figure out the most obscure shit about him that he's like, they did their research and I'm going to grant them a visit. Yeah, and he'll just <laughs> swing
0: by for 20 minutes. Ah, Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm good with this. <laughs> All right, thank you very much Chris and thank you everyone for listening. Uh and yeah, get me the jingle. Uh, the season 2 jingle <laughs> is is on there now.
1: I'm oh, gonna break your fucking kneecaps. <laughs> <laughs>